You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The personal injury pros at CatchesLaw.com and by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. The Patriots' defense couldn't do enough stuffing. Justin Jefferson, he was sweeter than pie. Mac Jones was on a roll. Pierre Strong is a turkey. The line got mashed at the worst possible time, and the officials were total giblet bag. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special Thanksgiving night edition of the Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI and all across the WEEI network as well as weei.com hopefully you had a wonderful thanksgiving but it was an unfortunate finish to what was at times a great game and hopefully what was a good day for you and your family as well you can give us a call anytime here on the post game show at 617-779-7937 is the phone number the socials at weei at jumbo heart and at fitzy gfy and the text line is available for your venting and for your frustrations at 37937. The New England Patriots finally flipped the switch, as Mac Jones detailed. But unfortunately, in the end, the defense just did not show up. Self-inflicted wounds, a plenty, and a very sloppy second half. A second half that saw the Patriots actually execute the first double score in a long time, a field goal at the end of the first half, a touchdown to start the second half. But ultimately, mistakes made by rookies, Terrible, terrible, terrible officiating, and unfortunately, the line collapsing at the worst possible time down the stretch leads the Patriots to a 33-26 defeat at U.S. Bank Stadium at the hands of the Minnesota Vikings. A very, very, very frustrating game. Like we mentioned, or like I just mentioned moments ago, the Patriots' offense seemed to have actually woken up, seemed to have found themselves early on on that first drive. You're watching this game, and you think, wow. Where has this Patriots offense been, and can they stick around for a while? This is what I've wanted to see for ages. They were going toe-to-toe. They were keeping up with Minnesota drive for drive, pass for pass, score for score. Unfortunately, in the first half and in the second half as well, having to settle for field goals too often as opposed to touchdowns. As I mentioned just moments ago, there were also some egregious calls, some terrible calls by the officials, including a jesse james-esque call at the goal line on what should have been a hunter henry touchdown but was ultimately ruled a non-catch i nor des bryant nor anyone in the uh, mccourty family and beyond has any idea what a catch actually is in the nfl now i don't know what a catch has been i don't know what a catch will be redefined as all i know is that hunter henry made a catch the ball never touched the ground the ball moved a little bit that was enough to reverse what was a touchdown call Things just did not go the way of the Patriots at all in the second half. And a terrible, 
terrible, borderline catastrophic, dare I say, mistake by rookie Pierre Strong rushing the punter and running into the punter, just making enough contact with his helmet to the punter's foot. The punter does a world-class FIFA sell job. Marcus Smart would have been proud of the job that the Vikings punter did, spinning and flopping to the ground. On fourth and four, he gets the five yards for running into the kicker. It, it gives the Vikings the ball back. And then wide receiver one in the NFL, who I have not paid tribute to just yet, but certainly deserves all the praise and accolades possible. Justin Jefferson continues to show the NFL why he is the best receiver on the planet, why him going 22 overall in the draft a couple of years ago is a farce. He's good enough that he probably should have gone first overall. He made the Patriots pay tonight time and time and time again. And when he didn't get the ball, he freed up space for TJ Hawkinson, who's been an excellent addition for the Minnesota Vikings since they traded for him just a few weeks ago. Four games, 26 catches. That's a record for somebody joining another team in season in the NFL. And, of course, the Adam Thielen touchdown, which was the difference in the game, which was just out of the grasp of Jalen Mills trying to make a play. But it's difficult to try to cover everybody when you have to double the best receiver in football. Patriots get the ball back, as you saw, towards the tail end of the game there. Mac Jones, after a 40-yard gain by Ramondre Stevenson, with a really, really, really frustrating sack on third down. Negative plays, self-inflicted wounds, just the little mistakes that have haunted the Patriots before, but that they seem to have either evaded or moved past tonight, came back to haunt them, uh, and it was too little too late in the end. But, you know, I, I could sit here scratching my head wondering what the hell Tyquan Thornton was thinking when he caught that ball at the end laying down left tackle Christian Darasaw, you would have thought they would have found a way to feast. Minnesota was able to get the, the same way the Patriots got the ball out quickly all night long, Andy, which props to Mac Jones, offensive play caller, Matt Patricia, the whole offensive hive mind for getting the ball out quickly and uh, helping compensate for the Patriots' compromised offensive line. No Isaiah Wynn, no David Andrews. There was no pressure really generated by the Patriots tonight. No, we're going to praise the Patriots' offensive line, and rightly so. They were without two starters, and I thought they played well, and they were part of the reason they were able to move the ball so well. But you gave up three sacks. I know two of them came at the end, but on the on the oh. stat sheet it says three sacks. Kirk Cousins was sacked once. I actually think the Patriots outthought this. I think they tennis laddered this. I'd have to go back and watch it more closely. Seemed to me they put Matthew Judon on the left defensive side more often this week than I than I normally think they do. And I think they went with that idea, we'll put our best on their starter and we'll put our lesser guys on the backside where they should have an advantageous matchup against a backup. And I don't think I would have rather just said, let Judon eat. Let him mm-hmm. eat alive the left tackle. And yes. I, I, I need to see some of the, the, the footage again. I'm not sure if, if my eyes were exactly right in live time. Um, but I think they thought overthought that a little bit. But either way, it didn't work. You didn't get the pressure that you thought you were going to get. And, you know, that is a banged-up defense, too. Mm-hmm. They were without a couple key starters, lacking some depth in the back end um, for the Vikings. So, you know, the uh, the positive momentum that I think people were getting caught up in and the questions about, oh, well, what's going to happen when you face a team? Well, you faced a good offense with good skill players and – they kind of had their way with you. I mean, I know they got the kickoff return, so you didn't give up 33 points. You gave up 26, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but y- you still saw that this defense is still good. I'm not saying, you know, I thought Jonathan Jones had a competitive night. He was one mm-hmm. of the few competitive guys in the back end. Um, but this Even defense with the stats is, that Justin Jefferson put up, you can definitely say that, that, that wasn't jo- all jo- on Jonathan him. Jones yeah. put it himself. 
Yeah, no, that wasn't all on him. Some of it was was Jefferson on Jones. Some of it was um, zone. There was a couple of crossing plays where it was clearly zone. But they, they had no answers. Devin McCourty, I thought, was late to help in a number mm-hmm. of occasions there um, in terms of the pass defense. So, uh, you know, I thought this was coming. I thought there was a little bit of a slap in the face, wake-up call, reality check that might be coming for this defense. And I think they got it a little bit against a Vikings team that had something to prove. Give uh, give Kevin O'Connell credit. They marched right down the field. Now the Patriots answered, so I'll give Matt Patricia credit too. But, you know, a week after they got embarrassed and Justin Jefferson was calling out his head coach kind of to change things up and adjust when you're under pressure, uh, I thought Kevin O'Connell and that offense kind of answered the challenge today. Statistically, on the evening, uh, you said earlier that you didn't really have any answers for Dalvin Cook. I thought the rush defense actually did a good job. Cook went 22 carries for only 42 yards. Madison, three for 11. So they did a good job against the run game. But Kirk Cousins... I actually thought he had more through the air, and he didn't. I thought he made plays through the air, and he only had 14 yards receiving. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 30 of 37, 299 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Seemed like he was really dying to throw Jonathan Jones, at least, uh, if not several... Yep, Several he could have had three picks. Tonight. He could have easily had three picks tonight. Mm-hmm. And if you go back last week, he could have had the one off of Wilson on the out mm-hmm. that he dropped. He um, He's making himself some money. I saw even Jason McCourty tweeted he's not just a slot corner anymore. Uh, John Jones has stepped up to the challenge of being a true outside corner, and, and that's nice. Now, the problem I would say is Jalen Mills has kind of faded back into Jalen Mills land. And that touchdown that he gave up to Thielen, is another one of those examples where I say it's the hardest position in football. His finger, I swear it touched the ball. I swear that's how close he was. It touched was the it ball. Was it maybe by an inch? Still, like did He, yes. he probably could it's feel the breeze of the pass going over his glove tip. Yep, and if you make that play, it's a nice pass defense, and you get on SportsCenter, everybody says you're good, you don't, and you give up a touchdown, and you're frustrated, and you want to slam your helmet through the fake turf. That's the game. I mean, oh, so Such a frustrating game on so many levels. Meanwhile, on... But fun! It, can, whoa, can we just... It was no, fun. It was, no, it was it was very like entertaining. I'll until take the that end. over three three any day. I'll oh, take God. that you, any day. Plays I'll were take being that made. Over tw- I'll take that over the stomping out of the Colts as well. The the what was that twenty six to three, twenty six six, whatever that was a few weeks ago. I'll take that over ten three anytime. It was this. It was easily the most. I saw our pal Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald uh, tweeted out at halftime like more of this, please. Like this is the most entertaining game since week three. I think it was even more entertaining than the Ravens-Patriots game from Week 3. Probably the most entertaining or electric game because of the offense, because of their ability to get the ball out, put it in space, let their playmakers play. Mack looked great on some of those passes. The touchdown, that first touchdown to Aguilar was gorgeous. Best throw gorgeous, of the year, I fam. tell you. Yep, and he finishes the, the night, Andy, with a really, really, really dynamite line. 28 of 39, 382, and two touchdowns. Parker had some nice catches. Stevenson, a couple nice catches. Actually, it would have been eight for 36 if it weren't for that last one for 40 yards that almost brought them to the red zone. But ultimately, the biggest sack of the night uh, took them out of field goal range. And Aguilar had a nice night so close to making that play down by the goal line, Andy, which would have given the Patriots a chance to punch it in and tie the game up as well. And can we? are, are you ready for this conversation now, or should we make our number two all about this? Could you please explain to me what a catch is? Um, see, no, I can't, I I struggle with it because I, I do think the ball hit the ground a little bit. I don't know that he had full hand under it and full control as it hit the ground, but I thought he caught the, the ball. Like if you just, I always use the kindergarten rule. Like if you just ask a little kid, did he catch that? He caught it. 
I thought he caught the ball. Because it yeah, didn't he did. after he rolled over, it's not like it rolled off his chest. If it had rolled off his chest at that point, I probably would have agreed, yeah, I don't think he ever really caught it. But he caught the ball. He was lying on the field. It was on his chest. Felt like a touchdown to me, but what's his name? Is it John Parry, who does the uh, the NBC official whatever? Yeah. He was well, it's, adamant it's one, from it's the one beginning. one of those booth guys, yeah. Yeah, and he was adamant from the beginning, and he was right. Because he was calling call. it based on what he thinks they're going to interpret the rules as, as opposed to, like, just 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 trust your eyes. What do your eyes tell you? Did, was that a catch? Yes. Now, Andy, if you there's a million different people that have tweeted it out in slow-mo and in close-up. Um, I think I retweeted it at FitzyGFY or tweet, quote tweeted it a while ago. You can watch the replay, and Hunter Henry's hand is under the ball the entire time. The ball actually in slow-mo never makes contact with the ground. So it should have been ruled a touchdown. I don't know why they looked at it for so long and then flipped the call on the play. Yeah, if, if that's true, because I thought it hit the ground. I was with him. I thought the hand was like half on it, half off it, and it yep. hit the ground. But if it indeed never hit the ground, they took a long time to review that because mm-hmm. they went to a break, came back. He was still reviewing yeah. it. And if that's true, then they mm-hmm. they didn't do a very good job officiating. But you just said, like, by the letter of the law, like he's mm-hmm. calling it the way he knows they're going to call it rather than the way he sees it. I, I felt the same way about the false start on Justin Jefferson that they called when the Patriots clearly jumped offside and the right tackle clearly did the little thing where you like point out and touch him. Mm-hmm. And then they called Jefferson for the false start. It's like, even the Patriots knew they jumped. I think it was Lawrence guy was down on his knees with his hands in his, oh, yeah, his yeah. head in his hands. He's like, we just screwed up and jumped off sides and they got bailed out by whatever that rule is. Yeah. And Trent Brown was uh, Trent Brown, uh, offside false start late. Oh, in the it game was a when terrible backed up near their goal line. Terribly and, oh, officiated game on both terribly. sides. There was pass interference calls in both directions that didn't get caught. Like it was Kyle du- the hold bad. on Kyle Duggar, which had a yep. full entire. Sh- uh, the guy literally had a fistful of shoulder pad on the on the Vikings kickoff return touchdown. Duggar easily would have snuffed that run out. And how about the face mask on Mac Jones, which Warren Sharp tweeted out about uh, about thirty five minutes ago. His quote uh, on the tweet was: "Refs have been." egregious tonight egregious becoming uh the new term du jour whenever officiating is terrible calls don't go the right way or we just have a sloppy game like this at least from the from the zebra peoples um they were awful i mean look in the end the patriots are responsible for their own fate because if pierre strong doesn't run into the damn kicker there andy the vikings don't have an easy path to a touchdown with a justin jefferson bomb then that deal and catch over mills maybe the patriots score there and we're talking about a different kind of result uh, we're finishing off Thanksgiving in a happier capacity with a little extra whipped cream on the pie as opposed to now being stuck with the dishes like you and I are. Yeah, and Bill um, was extra agitated a number of different times throughout that game, including at Pierre Strong after the uh, running into the kicker penalty. Bill was kind of giving him an earful, but the Duggar, when Duggar fell down on the Hawkinson touchdown, the, mm-hmm. the one-yard touchdown early, Bill was fired up. Bill was Bill was pretty emotional. Bill was into that game because I think Bill felt it. You know when he says it declares, like, the game declared, and it declared that his team was going to be able to to throw punches with the mm-hmm. Vikings on the road on a short week. You know, people were saying, oh, this offense, can you keep up, blah, blah, blah. They were, they were throwing punches, going back and forth like Rocky, and then the bottom kind of fell out at the end. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number if you would like to jump in, vent, voice your frustrations discuss the game with your old pals Fitzy and Hart here on the Six Rings post game show of course we are broadcasting from our best yet brand studio 
Tonight's show is brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in just a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y.com for your free trial. We're here with you until 1 a.m. tonight on the Six Rings Post Game Show. Andy, let's welcome in our first call of the evening, if you will, as we continue to analyze and parse out how tonight's game came to be. Of course, we will take you live to Patriots quarterback Mac Jones, Patriots head coach Bill Belichick, who I cannot wait to hear from tonight. I, I, I can't even imagine what his mood is going to be like. But let's take our first out-of-town call right now. Chris calling all the way in from Dallas wants to talk about Mac Jones, special teams, and more. Chris, welcome to the Six Rings Post Game Show. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, guys. And to you Same as well, you. friend. Hey. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, I'm just kind of flustered with the game overall. Um, I will say that this is probably the best performance that I think I've seen out of Mac Jones in the offense out of the entire year so far. But that special teams outside of Nick Folk was just horrendous tonight. And I think Bill Belichick needs to straighten them up because it's just, it, it does. It does not look pretty at all. It they caught. I, in my opinion, obviously they they cost them the game tonight. Agree. Yeah, the special, the special teams, teams were... was terrible. Well, it's funny because they got the big kick return from Marcus Jones yep. to set up a short field that they mm-hmm. scored on. He actually made a really nice tackle on the first kickoff of the game. Oh yeah, uh, he and did. And Folk did his job, as usual, had his four field goals. The rest of it was crap. They, they were just not very good. And then even Marcus Jones got, you know, upended and, and close to fumbling there at the end where he didn't have another uh, special return in him. So, yeah, the special teams, Cam Accord, who we've been talking about for a year plus now and was part of the story of them falling apart last year, had a terrible night. Yep, agreed, agreed. Thank you for the call, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving and uh, enjoy the kickstart to the holiday season as well. Yeah, you know who uh, I think you know, um, had a hit today? Matt Judon. Because last week you had Minnesota play Dallas, and Dallas's defense dominated, dominated Minnesota, got to Kirk Cousins for seven sacks. Mm-hmm. Then I watched today, and Micah Parsons is all over the field making plays. Mm-hmm. And then Judon had the same opportunity against a backup left tackle. And didn't do a whole hell of a lot. So I think his defensive player of the year uh, resume or whatever you want to call it, hype train, took a little bit of a hit today. Yeah, I don't think that's going to uh, signify or like be the catalyst to the Judon decline, if you will, from last year as well. Oh, no. No. But by, by but he didn't stretch. step up to the challenge. And Micah Park- Parsons is really freaking good. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's next level. I mean, he's, you know. Everyone always wants to say, like, who's the who's the next Kobe? Who's the next MJ? Who's the next Brady? Um, to compare Micah Parsons to Lawrence Taylor at this point is wildly premature because Lawrence Taylor is almost inarguably the greatest defensive player of all time in the NFL. There are a couple other names you could probably throw in there as well. But uh, Micah Parsons is next level. Judon looked like he had his burst. He looked like he had game. He looked like he was going to be a menace all over the field tonight. But it, it's almost like Minnesota spent the half week recovering from their ass whooping that they took last Sunday against Dallas in game planning to make sure that Matt Judon wouldn't be the game wrecker or wouldn't take them off their game tonight. And Justin Jefferson is just next level, Andy. Like the, To call him wide receiver one in the NFL seems slightly hyperbolic, but I think he's worthy of the praise. Oh, absolutely. He continue. I mean, when you're breaking – early career Randy Moss records, and we know how good he was early in his Vikings mm-hmm. career, and putting up the highlight plays, and they, they brought up a good point late. 
the physicality to his game when he's covered and there's a, there's a guy bodying him up, he still makes the catch. And that might be the most impressive is not just get open, catch the football when I have space. Okay, I have crazy hands. I can do this. But you lay a lick on him. He still catches it, still holds on to it, still comes down with it. He is uh, he's something special right now. He really is. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he he really is. Like I, I, it's just he's one of those guys where it's like, man, I love watching him play football. It just happens to be that once every four years, I can't really enjoy his game because it comes at the cost. I mean, he had half of Kirk Cousins' passing yards tonight. It just well, seems he could to have been a Patriot. Be like some, like how about that catch he made, Andy, in the red zone that ultimately was called back because there was holding on the Minnesota offensive line in the first half. And again, it looked like John Jones or Jack Jones was set to pick off the ball. And yet somehow he slid in his yep. hands, just sort of found their way right in front of Jack Jones, and he made the catch. And it was just sort of like, how the hell did you do that? I, I, is... his, beyond his physical tools, his instinct and his knack for the catch and the situation is almost otherworldly at this point. He, um, Jack Jones absolutely thought he had a pick there. Mm-hmm. I, he was sliding it, and, and then he's like, wait a minute. Why does he have the ball? How did he get in front of me to get the ball? Yeah, he's... He's incredible, and he does it in different ways all over the field. You know, drag, short, deep, covered, triple. And the Thielen touchdown late, I'm pretty sure three different Patriots defensive backs ran with Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson across the field, and that gave gave Thielen the room he needed and, and Cousins the room he needed to get that ball in. And that's the problem. When you have a guy like that that is so good, other guys, like, you end up getting two and three guys. You know, even if you're doubling him, somebody yep. else also has his eye on him, and that takes mm-hmm. them out of their coverage. And that, that's those are game changers. That's why we've talked about it. Stephon Diggs, Justin, like, how that changes the offense, how that makes everybody else better, how the Patriots don't have that guy. Like, that's the reality of the NFL. Let's go to Leon, who's calling all the way from old Scotty Top out in Wisconsin, who would like to talk about the game tonight and the referees especially. Hello, Leon. Man, look, like, Hunter Henry, okay, whatever. You can say he didn't have the ball when he broke when he went down, but he broke the plane. I don't know if you guys saw it, but on my TV, when it was the delay of game in the second half, on my screen it said flag, but I guess they got the timeout off in time. I don't want to all blame it on the refs and stuff, but, like, when we didn't get that touchdown with the Hunter Henry play, I think we should have went for it on fourth down. I mean, we're about a yard or two out. Why not mm-hmm. go be aggressive and go for it on fourth down? We've been shutting the running game off. You know, it was just a it's just been a weird game today. You know, it was a it was a very weird game. As a matter of fact, uh, Leon, I meant to mention this to you before, Andy. At one point, because people that were watching at home were so confused about the referee's call on the Hunter Henry non touchdown that ultimately became a field goal. Um, that's a TD was trending on Twitter about an hour and a half ago. Like, oh, really? Man, that was, yes. that was heartbreaking, I tell you. That was that was probably, now looking back at it, the Baltimore loss and the Green Bay loss, those are huge now looking back at it at this point mm-hmm. in the season. Now, at least this that loss, now the job. Patriots do drop to six and five. They dropped to six and five on the season. It's an out of conference loss. So getting that win against the Jets last Sunday was huge for them because that's divisional and obviously that's conference as well. So that's gonna and that's gonna ultimately matter more. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed one hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, 
or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're back to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. Taekwon Thornton is in the game here. Receiver, third and goal. Mac Jones through an end zone, and it's caught for the touchdown. Henry, he's got another one. Hunter Henry, Chandon Sullivan, the DB there, brings it in. We'll make sure he had it secure as he hit the ground. The Patriots retake the lead. After review, the pass is incomplete. So Hunter Henry's denied a second touchdown catch in as many drives. Reaction to the overturn call. They call it They they called it a call at the time. I believe I caught it, but I mean, they made the call and just gotta live with it. Chris Mason of uh, Mass Live for getting that audio and posting it to the socials. That's Hunter Henry in the locker room afterwards telling reporters, I believe I caught that ball, but they called it differently. And of course, that contributed to the Patriots going 0 for 3 in the red zone tonight, which killed them along with all the other situational mistakes they made as they lose to the Minnesota Vikings 33-26. Ah, you know the score. That's why you're listening. That's why you're calling. That's why you're as frustrated as we are right now here on the Six Rings postgame show. Andy, I just retweeted something I saw. I missed it because I wasn't watching the end of the game. I was firing up the old radio machine machine here, getting ready for the postgame. Belichick walking out to midfield. Adam Thielen came over for the handshake, got none of it, then did the pat on the back. Belichick just basically lowers his shoulder and just breezes right by him. Yep. Oh, we're going to get a salty bill whenever he steps up to the podium. Tonight. You know what that tells me? Don't don't look for Adam Thielen to be one of those like uh, second portion of career Patriots signings guy that Bill. Oh, I've always kind of liked him from afar. There was mm-hmm. no courting. Remember the hugs with Hunter Henry? Remember the hugs yep. with Hunter Henry before they signed Hunter Henry? Oh, and, the, the one day I'm going to sign you. I yes. love you. You're, yes. you're like I've, oh, I've been Adam Thielen your didn't career. get that. <laughs> Do you so remember he has 2018, no the last time the Vikings came to Foxborough, Andy, uh, back in 2018, there was a there was an STFU sent from Belichick to Thielen on the field. Oh, was there? Yeah, I, I remember. remember it might have been in the second quarter of that game. And Adam Thielen was having a whale of a 2018 season. And there was some catch or some sort of disputed play on the field. And I don't think he was jawing with Belichick. I think he was jawing with the refs and maybe turned his excuse me, turned his head to the sideline. And then there was just from Belichick, oh, would you, you know, shut the blank up? And I remember like thinking, oh man, I, I, that's that's my Belichick. That's my head coach right there. That was, out, it was outstanding at, at the time. And uh, obviously Bill, who loves him a good grudge, hasn't forgotten that uh, as well up to that point. Interesting. Yeah, I did not recall that. I just Googled it though. And yeah, 
Bill Belichick, Adam Thielen feud and all this. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty of uh, history. David Shut is in Florida. He wants to talk about this evening's game. David, uh, hello and hap- welcome to your Friday, sir. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, what a way to end the game. You know, this mm. game was, like, was in many ways a microcosm of the season. Uh, I mean, penalties, penalties all season long, especially early in the season. And this game, I mean, there were those two major penalties that killed the game. The roughing the pass, roughing the, the kicker. And there was one, uh, I think it was, I don't remember if it was second or third down, when uh, some Vikings receiver tried to catch the ball and someone, one of the safeties just, just croaked him from behind and it was a, a late hit or something that, that continued to drive for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, believe that I mean, drive ended in, I, um, I don't believe that drive ended in points, but I, I think I know the, the one you're speaking in reference to. The, the Pierre Strong penalty on special teams on fourth down running into the punter yeah, uh, yeah. was the worst. I mean, the, 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 the kickoff return or the punt, the punt return, I mean, you, you can't get upset about that. That, that, that. I mean, last week they won the game for them. Uh, this year they, and this, today they, they blew it. I mean, that happens. But the penalties you can't have. And there was also a point in the first half on one of the, one of the drives. Um, I was very surprised that Belichick didn't go for it on fourth and one. The play when Ramondre, uh, it was like a little swing pass out to Ramondre in the yes. flat. And he... Yeah, and he, and he, and he, tri- he was tripped up like a yard. Uh, he, he got the first down. He reached for the first down, but they didn't give it to him. Then it was fourth and one, and Belichick elected to kick the field goal. I was very surprised they didn't go for it then. It was a very conservative uh, call, and I know the one you're talking yeah. about. Ramondre tripped, and his knee went down before yeah. he could extend the ball to the first, yeah. down, for the first down line, yes. And, and then it was fourth and one, and I was shocked he didn't go for it. Um, the defense, I said last week, and the defense is not as good as everybody has been saying, they are. They're just not. I mean, they, they, they didn't. Play. I mean, the offense is not good enough to win the game. And if the defense doesn't play spectacularly, then then they're not going to win. And well, I mean, against lesser teams, the defense shuts them down. But against Baltimore, they were horrible. Against tonight, in Minnesota, an eight and two, nine and two team, they're, they're not as good as everybody says they are. I mean, they couldn't shut the Vikings down tonight, and that's just a problem. That, that's just the problem. I, I agree We they're not as good as, well, not every. I think some of us were talking about how there was a little fraudulence to it and they were probably going to get woken up. But I also, that doesn't mean they stink. That doesn't mean they're incapable no, of competing. I, 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 no, they don't and, stink. But yeah, but, just, but you don't have to shut a team down to win a game. You can just be competitive. Yeah, if they don't I give mean, up that kickoff return, there's a chance they win this football game. Yeah, that changes chance, it. That's but, extra points. Yeah, there's a chance. You're right. There's a chance. But, uh, I mean, the defense has to hold it. The, the, the offense cannot uh, cannot win a game by itself. And, I mean, the the, 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 the red zone offense is just deplorable. And it, it, it's play calling. On the, and, the, uh, and the offense in general is not good enough to win a game by themselves. So 26 and, points is not enough to win in the NFL. I, I thought they were good enough to win tonight, David. Yeah, that's my point. Is I think the defense. And thank you for the call, sir. Took a step back, but the offense took a step forward, and in totality, in a complementary unit as a team, maybe that's going to become more of a formula for winning moving forward. The offense has been so bad for basically the entirety of the season. The defense has been good more often than not for the entirety of the season. Maybe they're going to kind of even out, level out a little bit here, like they did tonight. You, you take that. It's a tie game, right? If you take out the kickoff return, 
Take away the seven it, points on special it, it teams. It is. It, it's so, you know, your offense played better than you've seen them play, for sure. I mean, get you know, they only got three points last week against the Jets. I think in a lot of ways, Andy, that tells you the Jets have a much better defense uh, than Minnesota and most other teams. That's why they're a top-five defense in the NFL. But also, like, you're not going to get Zach Wilson, a quarterback, so bad he's benched in the middle of his second year in the NFL for the legend of Mike White as well. Obviously, Kirk Cousins is that much better, and – the skill level in Minnesota is just is just you know elite. it's it's more well rounded. It's more advanced. Well, no, no, than, it's elite. I mean, yeah, the it, skill it, level on that team is elite. I, I kept saying it this week, and I don't know if people didn't don't notice. Like everybody looks at San Francisco and goes, "Wow, McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle." Well, good. Minnesota has Cook and Jefferson and Hawkinson. They're all yeah. all pro caliber players. I'll That's take that reality. trio any day. <laughs> right. So. You know, I, I don't know. I just I look at it. If you take out the kickoff return, which are I don't want to call them fluke plays, but they are extreme. Well, when plays. there's a hold that doesn't get called, it kind well, of yeah. And last week you got a block in the back that didn't get called, so I'd call it even. Mm. Oh, the rep, the the NFL spoke yeah. to that one and said it was okay. Yeah, the NFL's full of crap. <laughs> well, That's the NFL, the uh, dare I say, league. in the voice of the great Ricky Ricardo, is going to have some splaining to do this week because there are a number of calls. Whether oh, his crew it was, the was terrible. Kick, yeah, Mac Jones being kicked and wasn't tripping on a play. The hold there. If those, yeah, he was trying to die to take that of the too. catch for Hunter Henry. Do you see him lay down on his face like he was kind of hurt for a second to see if they'd throw a flag and then he hops right up and comes off. He loves to do the. Di- he he's a soccer player. He is a born and bred. Say, oh, so was the Minnesota the punter Cup. for God's sake. Should Do you see the, the La Liga Cup. flip he took when well, Pierre Strong grazes his toe? He's a punter. He's literally a soccer player. He's a kicker by nature. Like they're all the same. <laughs> But Mac Jones, but, you know, you're right. The officials were horrible. There was one play where TJ Hawkinson got the first down by more than a yard, but the guy spotted it like a yard and a half short, Mm -hmm. and then they came back, and the ball had moved a yard and a half again, and I'm like, who moved it? Like, they're so incapable. That was a bad crew. That was an alarmingly bad crew, especially for a – that's a big game. Thanksgiving that's a, night, that's a prime time. Big, like, it's a prime time. I bet the ratings will be huge, and it was a good game all the way down to it was. It was in, you know, they competed. It was, you know, in the balance all the way up to the final whistle as well. And it was the uh, worst officiated game I've seen all year. Oh, by a country mile. Because it was all over the place. Both teams, offense, mm-hmm. defense, passing game, run it like everything was horrific. They were uh, from our pal Zach Cox over at Nesson. Uh, Devin McCourty to reporters about six minutes ago. Devin McCourty to reporters on Justin Jefferson's big night. Quote, if we play like that against number one guys, it's going to be a long year. To which I would say to DMAC number one, uh, Justin Jefferson is a completely different kind of animal, a, a beast, a cheat code. He's the best receiver in the NFL now. He may ultimately be one of the best ever, considering, like you mentioned earlier, Andy, he's breaking records. Like, he's already setting trends this far into his career. Um Cox points out that uh, the Patriots will see Stefan Diggs twice. He's given them nothing but fits <laughs> since he's gone to Buffalo. You get D-Hop out in Arizona, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, and then, of course, the Miami tandem on New Year's Day of Tyreek and Waddle as well. So Pat's defense right. is going to have their hands full. Are they are they as bad as they played tonight in, in parts? And is the offense as good, or can the offense continue to be as good as they were tonight. Part of me thinks a lot of that had to do with the fact that Minnesota's defense, as uh, Dallas clearly pointed out on a national stage Sunday, kind of not so sneaky sucks. Yeah, but Dallas looked pretty good today, too. Dallas is one of those teams, or certainly in the second half, they looked good today. 
That's one of those teams. Three that's different tight ends scored today in that game. That's impressive. And they're going to sign OBJ, and their quarterback is playing well. It's the NFL has become a league of streaks, win streaks, offensive streaks, hot heaters. Like teams are mm-hmm. on heaters. I I don't know. I I I don't think I thought the defense was quite as bad today as the callers seem to be bringing up, and even your tone, like. I expected them to struggle against a really good passing attack with really good weapons. And that's why I'm a little bit more fixated on, can you score more points? Is this what you're going to become offensively? Hey, if you start both halves like you did today mm-hmm. with drives for touchdowns, if I can guarantee, just give me first drive, each half, touchdowns. Scripted ones, I don't care who does it, Bill Belichick, everybody's involved. If I get those 14 and you tell me I'm going to get, because I know I'll get the other three Nick Folk field goals every week. Did you get any explanation on the Hunter Henry catch that was overturned? Why don't you guys go to the officials with your pool reporter and ask them about the play and let them explain it to you. Right? Isn't that what you do? Thank you. Salt, Coach? Oh, I see you have an abundance of it right there. Woo, boy. It's a South Pole elf. Yeah, that, that that is an unhappy Coach Bill Belichick right there. Why don't you guys go to the officials with your pool reporters? Wow. Can you blame him, though? I mean, uh, can you blame Bill Belichick for being as frustrated as he was with the inconsistency of what is and what is not a catch? Now, obviously, he's, he's an angry elf. <laughs> You're frustrated with certain elements of the game, the game flow and how it's going. Um, but right there, that would have just been massive. Uh, you know, breaking through the Patriots actually would have gotten a touchdown. They were 0 for 3 instead in the red zone tonight. It would have uh, bolstered Mac Jones's confidence, given them the score. I mean, in the end, like little things like that end up making a massive difference for a team like the Patriots that doesn't have a, a big margin for error, Andy. Yeah, and and in big games. I mean, we see that a lot, that games that go back and forth like this. And I want to continue to emphasize, this was a fun football game. This is Mm -hmm. back and forth, lead changes, plays being made, special teams. Only part of my Thanksgiving I enjoyed, quite honestly. Yeah, so, like, except the end. It was kind of the opposite of last week. Last week was a crappy game that ended awesome. This Mm -hmm. was an awesome game that ended crappy. Why did it have to? Why does it all? Why does life have to always work that way? Why? Why can't we have nice things? Why do we have to like for you know getting the special teams benefit last Sunday just four short days ago? Ah, but the high of Marcus Jones and the return to beat the Jets. Can we go back to that for a second? Instead, tonight we open up and whoa, Mac to Aguilar, forty yards touchdown. Where's this team been? I told you he could play like that. He's flipped the switch. Oh, who's calling for Zappy now? There's uh. And then, of course, ultimately it ends up with special teams errors that that lead to, along with some other self-inflicted wounds and some miscues, a Patriots defeat. Can we put away once and for all, Zappy's my guy, Mac ain't it. How far do you think tonight's game, before we go back to the calls, Andy, how far do you think tonight's game goes in Mac Jones's favor with Pats fans, the diehards, media alike, in allaying their concerns or assuring them that when he gets the right night, and his guys are with him, this guy can ball out. Well, I will tell you, a buddy of mine sent me a text as we were just about to go on the air that said, Mac Jones is not the answer. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so, what? you got to be kidding me. 
I'm just telling you the text I got. I didn't have a conversation. I said, LOL, you too, because we were about to go on the air. Um, But I don't think this is going to appease everyone. Um, You know, the the two uh, lightning rods of criticism, Matt Patricia and Mac Jones, I think took a step uh, forward tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I have to give Patricia some credit for the drives that looked so good to open the halves, correct? Mm -hmm. That's not just Bill. That's, that's, you know, I have to give him some credit. He gets all the blame, so give him some credit, too, for Matt Patricia. Those guys took steps forward, but you still weren't good on third down. You still weren't good in the red zone, so those guys also have to answer for that. You couldn't put the drive together that you needed late in Mm -hmm. the game to, you know, magically come back. There was not going to be a Minnesota miracle for these Patriots. Nope. So there's going to be questions, and that's not a very good defense. That's the worst red zone defense in the National Football League, 32nd out of 32 teams. There's 32 so, teams, so that would make them the worst. Right. So there's going to be some of that putting um, so the putting this in perspective, I guess, the way the offense played. Like, oh, that's not a great defense you played against over there. So... Just the same way last week it was like, oh, that's not really a good quarterback or a good offense right. played in the Jets. Right. So we're still in that figuring it out phase. And I do think that's probably why Bill is so pissy, because one got away. This mm-hmm. was one, whether whether you needed to quote-unquote steal it or not, I don't know how good he thinks his team is. So whether this would be a steal it or we're a pretty good team and we should have gone on the road and won in a tough environment on a, ho- a short week, on a holiday. Like, this would have been a nice pelt to have right this would have been a good pelt to go to the the north and grab and and they didn't get it it was there for the taking and as he said those are extra points it was a tie game you gave up a kickoff return otherwise it's a tie game sort of except they had that missed pat too look yeah very much very much looking forward to the that guy stinks by the the call that they missed the referees the worst part about tonight was the refs hands down um checking in on the socials as well andy uh let's see uh, at Derek gray 93 tweets at me special teams were horrific defense couldn't contain jefferson enough or get any pressure on cousins and get him off the spot too many yep. mental mistakes in the fourth didn't like the play call on third and one just needed one yard and had guys running routes too deep tough loss but other than that great effort well y- y- if you want me to boil this down the one thing that i think is the worst sign of the night it's the lack Please. of the pass rush yep I, that because I don't think they should be able to stop Justin Jefferson. Their cornerbacks, they have Miles Bryant and Jalen Mills on the field all the time. I don't think they're good enough to win those types of matchups. But Matt Judon is supposed to be a defensive player of the year candidate, and Matt mm-hmm. Judon tells me Josh Uche is actually the best pass rusher on the team, and Dietrich Wise is having his year six jump. I don't know how much those guys did tonight in a matchup where they should have shown up. And that's concerning because I thought if you would were going – I said this to you a couple weeks ago. If you were going to have hope that the defense was going to compete at a higher level down the stretch and not have a falling apart year two here uh, down the stretch, the pass rush and Judon would be the reason why, and I thought they were utterly disappointing tonight. We are, of course, broadcasting from our Best Yet brand studio here on the Six Rings postgame show, and we're brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in a week. Visit Zudi, that's Z-U-D-Y dot com, for your free trial. Back to the phones, the vent line here on the Six Rings postgame show. Mike is in Chicopee. What's up, Mike? Hey, Fitzy. Hey, Hart. Happy Thanksgiving. And you to too. you as well, friend. Hey, so I just wanted, you know, real quick, um, I, I'm done with Matt Patricia. 
Um, I know, Andy, you said he had a all right game today, but I'll give you an example, and then you could talk about it, whatever. Um, okay. When they had the pick and they ran it to, what, I think the 13-yard line, maybe, and they get second down, they already have a hard time in the red zone. And he runs an end around, not even to his fastest receiver that he has. He runs it. <laughs> not, and, and to me, that's him in a nutshell. Um, I just, I, I can't with him anymore. And I also don't think that their defense was that bad, as, as everybody's saying. Mm-hmm. I think they played very well today. Um, but I just want to see what you guys had to say about that. And, uh, again, happy Thanksgiving guys. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the call. My friend, enjoy your holiday season. We'll talk to you soon. Um, I don't have, a, I don't, I, a cup like, as opposed to like, let me count the ways how Matt Patricia showed himself to be a rookie play caller and somebody who is definitely calling plays on offense. Like he used to be a defensive mind or was a defensive game planner and just doesn't have the rhythm and flow on offense. How am I supposed to argue with Mac Jones almost having 400 yards of offense, getting a touchdown taken away from them, and an offense by, you know, would they punt three times? By the way, your boy Pilardi, yeah, yeah, the Pilardi party has been officially canceled. Um, yeah, yeah, we now know why he was on the street. <laughs> He's not all that good. <laughs> no, and I wanted to bring this up early. I wanted to bring this up earlier too, Andy. Um Little things in football games, like situational elements like we've been talking about and stuff you kind of don't notice or maybe you take for granted. So on the kickoff return for Minnesota that went for a touchdown, again, holding, Hmm. uh, Nick Folk gets the ball to about the six. Now, Jake Bailey, when he's on, his kickoff game is usually uh, an automatic touchback. It hasn't been the case this year as well. Uh, obviously now with the back injury, he's on injured reserve. But the little things matter. Like, Folk doesn't have the same leg strength Bailey does, so he gets it to the six. If you get it to the one, maybe it's a different return. If you get it in the end zone, maybe it's a touchback. So, like, little things like that you can't gloss over uh, in the end game. Especially when you are a mediocre team that's going to scratch and claw and do everything it needs to do to try to get wins, and that would go into the penalties and the little mistakes that add up. You know, those get buried when you're dominant. Those get buried uh, when you have guys making big plays and all of a sudden, you know, you can put up two scoring drives in a minute and a half where you you put 14 points on the board. That's not what this Patriots team is. That's not how it's built. That's not how it's been playing. Um, Now, that caller was a little strong. Did he say the defense was really good or dominant or – I forgot what he said. Like uh, it was something along the lines of I don't think they were as bad as. Yeah, okay, so that I'm on board with. I don't think they're as bad as people may make them out to be. Like this was I think people are going to say this was like the crashing back to earth. They imploded. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, it's over. It was all a facade. It was all built on Ellinger and Wilson. I, I don't think it was that bad. They played a good offense with great weapons. That's how I would describe them. I thought the quarterback had a good night. He threw mm-hmm. you the ball once. He probably could have thrown it to you three, maybe four times. You know, John Jones catches any one of those other ones. It may change the whole complexion. Mm-hmm. But 
I, I don't think they were horrific. I, I am concerned about the lack of pass rush, as I said. I think that's a very, very fair point, and they're going to need to generate that and then some and have absolutely. to and contain against Buffalo on Thursday. Here to actually help us uh, further diagnose what went wrong tonight and if the Patriots have made improvements that will give you a little hope and heart going forward on the Harbor One Hotline, one of the hosts of the Merloni, Fourier, and Mego program, our pal and yours, Mr. Thanksgiving himself, Christian Fourier. Fourier. Hey, good morning, guys, because it is good. the morning. How you doing, Andy? How you doing, Fitzy? Morning. Good morning, Fourier. That's right. <laughs> well, see, look at all the sunshine he's full of right now. Isn't that nice to hear? <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, real quick, so I was just uh, – I know you guys watched the uh, uh, post-game press conference, right? And I'm sure you heard yep. everything while you're yep. doing the show. Mm-hmm. But you tell me that the one thing that stands out to me and I'm, as I'm driving home, like this loss, seems so familiar to me back in my, you know, Seattle days when we were a really good team, but we were really stupid, right? We had a lot of talent, but we were dumb. And Matt Jones keeps coming up, and he says, ah, you know, control what you control. And he's like, effort and toughness. And I'm like, you need to add intelligence. I feel like they they need to add that, needs to be the third element that they need to openly talk about. Because I actually thought that there are so many little things that caused them to lose this game. Like, there's the obvious that everyone can mention, but when it comes down to it, like, even the smallest thing, like like, uh, like uh, Trent Brown trying to cut block a defensive end on, in a, on an obvious long-developing play. He didn't know, he didn't know that, it, that it was a – he thought it was a quick pass. It wasn't. Guy gets up in the fourth quarter, sacks him. You know, like uh, Kendrick Bourne still not knowing where to line up. You know, Hunter Henry, like, in, in the second, you know, you know, not getting out of bounds, like, uh, using timeouts. All these things are that on, like, what always used to happen to us. I remember, like, it was yesterday, like, like feel filled with regret because we just weren't smart enough and we didn't understand how on point we needed to be at critical times of a game. And this, 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 to me, is, like, their biggest problem. Like, it's their biggest problem. Could, could they beat the Minnesota Vikings? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not doing this. Not, not, not messing up in the critical times of the game. So, Christian, um, so you, you make some of these critical errors, some self-inflicted wounds, red zone issues, the stupid special, a couple of special teams miscues. Obviously, you're also competing not only against a wild crowd in Minnesota, but an offensively charged team in Minnesota and a terrible officiating crew. But I ask you, do you think you saw enough progress offensively that you believe the Patriots will have a chance against some of the tougher teams they'll face the rest of the year? I mean, Mac almost thrown for 400 um, in a couple touchdowns and getting one taken away from him on that Hunter Henry play. Like, it's pretty damn impressive. I know. I do. I thought he looked great. Obviously, for me, you know, a bunch of games where he hasn't thrown a pick, that'll always make you feel good. But I still feel like they're in first gear. I still feel like they're just holding him back, and and I think a big part of it is play calling. But two, like everything went to the outside again. They're just focused on the outside routes, you know, quick hitting routes. They could they took a couple of shots, and then they finally started attacking in the middle of the field with Hunter Henry. Like when when teams are playing cover two and you're a running team, that just is like such a slap in the face because to a tight end because you should be taking advantage of the linebackers over aggressiveness and the huge void that is, that is behind them. So finally they do it. They give him the ball. He gets a touchdown. 
you know, which I was like extremely happy about. So that's a couple days, a couple games that they had where they threw the ball, you know, down the seam or pseudo seam for tonight for Hunter Henry. So I still think there's a lot of meat on the bone. Um, and I can think, I can see now maybe they kind of start, you know, using some of it because they're running out of time. You know, like the, the, they're going to play teams that can score a lot of points. So they have to be able to be aggressive. They have to force the issue. They have to drive the ball down the field. And they just can't be so, I don't know, complacent and careful. Like, if they're going to give you an opportunity, be willing to take advantage of it. Right? That's mm-hmm. – that's, if I'm looking at encouraging signs, I feel like that's something that maybe Matt Patricia says, okay, I feel a little better now. I feel a little Christian. confident now. You know I'm an optimist, and my optimistic side looks at this game and says maybe the defense couldn't quite hang with the talent of the Vikings, but the offense took a clear step forward. They were making plays down the field. They were getting guys involved that we thought might be forgotten. Aguilar and and Parker were making plays. Is it possible that we see sort of this balancing out or leveling out of the team over the next uh, what, what is six games that are left and that, yeah, the defense isn't great, but they're competitive and the offense gets more competitive and that puts you in these kinds of games week in and week out where, quite frankly, if you don't give up a kickoff return tonight, you're in a tie ball game. You're in a real dogfight. Maybe we're still playing in overtime. So can we see offensive improvement to overcome defensive regression? Well, yeah, I think you're on it. Like you're going to be in a dogfight. So what's going to be the difference between winning and losing? You know, like, that's what really separates the good teams from the great teams is, like, who doesn't make those stupid mistakes at the critical time. So then you sit there and you look at Jefferson. Like, he made some unbelievable catches. Mm-hmm. Like, the dude's a unicorn. So you kind of tip your cap to him and be like, listen, we're, we're still – I thought they, they did a great job on Dalvin Cook running the ball, especially. I thought they have a really good front. Like, when they go against some of these really, these you know, crazy good teams – like a Buffalo Bills team that, you know, is down against the Detroit Lions in the, in the early game today, he's got like, you know, 43 seconds. He goes down in 20, and he gets a <laughs> touchdown. It's like that's, that, that's the competition that you're going against. So, comp, like the punter, like the punting situation in special teams is such an issue. Like last week, the special team saved your ass. This week, it's the reason why you lost, mm-hmm. right? You basically yep. – it's like you basically gave up 14 uh, non-offensive touchdowns, you know, 14 points because of special teams. It's yep. just you're never going to win. Nope. It's the cruel nature of football, and it's exactly what may end up dooming this team, Christian. we got to catch a break. We're wrapping up soon. Just final quick thought. Um, you give them a shot against Buffalo? Listen, I, regardless of Buffalo, I feel like even if they end this three games in 12 days, six and six, I think they right where they're right they're they're in a good spot they're right where they need to be. I wouldn't worry about it. Like they'll take a road trip, they can win those two games on the road back west and then come back and really then they got to act like a man. I mean not to steal a, a phrase from the Godfather, but it's time to act like men, boys. <laughs> Run out of time. I love it. On the Harbor One Hotline joining us Christian Fourier. Christian, hope you had a great Thanksgiving, my guy. We'll talk to you soon. Look forward to hearing from you Monday and talking to Mac Jones and everything on the show. All right, boys. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. You're the, you're the best. Thanks for calling in. Christian Fourier, Fourier himself, Mr. Optimist. Happy Friday. Uh, Fourier driving home here on the Six Rings postgame show. Andy, when we come back, we'll do player of the game. Thumbs up, thumbs down. 
final calls and put a bow on this one. Pats lose 33-26 in Minnesota. You got the Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI. Final call here on the Six Rings postgame show as we wrap up in a couple minutes. We'll get Andy Hart's player of the game, and he's got a pool report he'd like to read from. But uh, Junior called in from Phoenix, and he just wants to get a couple words in before we close up shop tonight. Hi, Junior. How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Great show. Uh, so a couple of things about this game. One, obviously, there was a huge improvement with the offense, but one of the callers did bring up a good point. Some of these weird calls when we get, you know, to the red zone, obviously, we've been struggling all year long. So, you know, I'd like to see more, kind of more simple plays in the red zone. Uh, and then tonight, just our special teams did not show up for us. And I feel like Bill uh, didn't adjust to what, the Vikings were doing, uh, you know, they kept beating us down with Jefferson, and it, it seemed like he took just a little bit too long to adjust. Uh, but overall, great game, you know, different from last game. But I, I, I like the improvement we're making. I've always been, been for Mac Jones, and I'm going to stick with Mac Jones. Like to hear, Junior. Thanks so much. Have a great holiday weekend, my friend. There we go, Andy. We're going to try to focus on the positive as the Patriots have now just under a week to prepare for their biggest test of the year against the Buffalo Bills next Thursday, 8-15 at Gillette. I know you wanted to share something from the pool report before we wrap up tonight. Yeah, real quick, uh, Mike Reese, the uh, pool reporter, spoke with uh, Walt Anderson, vice president Old of deflady of himself. Oh, uh, yeah, which I don't really like because he's not the guy who's making the calls on the field and involved. Whatever. Question, what did you see to determine Hunter Henry didn't maintain control? Anderson, quote, he was going to the ground, the ball ended up touching the ground, and then he lost control of the ball in his hands. Follow-up, can you explain why he wasn't granted possession before the ball hit the ground? Because as he's going to the ground, he has to maintain control of the ball upon contacting the ground. The term that's commonly used is, quote, surviving the ground. A lot of people refer to that. So as he's going to the ground, he has the elements of two feet and control. But because he's going to the ground, he has to maintain control of the ball when he does go to the ground. I don't even know what the hell that means. Now he's talking in what circles. A words, what a word salad. Um, so, yeah, they said it hit the ground and he lost control. I actually think it did hit the ground, and he did lose control for a minute, but then I think he caught it, so I thought it was a catch. I, I'm so confused. Nobody knows. I love the fact that Des Bryant actually tweeted out, I'm turning this game off, you know, <laughs> SMFH. Like, I, I, Des Bryant was all of us, and he'll still never understand from eight years ago in Green Bay to this day as well. Time now for, as we wrap up your Patriots player of the game, brought to you by Cars for Kids. The easy way to donate your car, donate today, and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to Cars for Kids. That's Cars with a K dot com or one eight seven seven Cars for Kids. Mac Jones, there you go. Mac Jones was your player of the game tonight. Three hundred and eighty-two yards in defeat, two touchdowns, marked improvement as well. Andy, we'll be back with the Six Rings po the Six Rings podcast very soon to get everyone ready for the Buffalo game next Thursday night, which I'm giving them more than a puncher's chance in. But sadly, we go to bed on a pillow of defeat tonight as the Patriots lose 33-26. to Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your shopping weekend. You'll have Curtis, Shime, and Wiggy tomorrow morning on the Greg Hill Show to continue discussing this Patriots defeat. Good job, Andy. Good job, producer Nick LaPan. Thanks for making the Six Rings postgame show part of your Thanksgiving, everyone. Sleep well. God bless. And as always, go Pats.